This is the MLW Radio Network. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? It's your boy, Blackheart, the head honcho off the top roast podcast. If you love independent and professional wrestling and like all the juicy gossip of the wrestling industry, then look no further than here, OTTR Headquarters. You can catch us on Facebook, Twitch, and Facebook groups, and whatever that you get your podcast from with our, with our latest Last Week of Wrestling, After Darts, Under Boss's Hard Taste, and now a new upcoming trivia game show, Wrestling Every, coming soon. So if you like what you've seen, you love professional wrestling, you love independent wrestling, you love everything about wrestling just yourself, give us a tune. You know, you would not regret it. Blackheart out. Everyone knows a lot of things can change in the span of 10 years. But when it comes to professional wrestling podcasting, one thing is still guaranteed. The Shining Wizards is the only place to get all the latest wrestling news, interviews with the greatest guests, and of course, tons of laughs in discussing the world of wrestling. The show is still available on Monday nights at 7 p.m. East on RantDMRadio.com and Rant Entertainment Media on the TuneIn app. And it's still available on all podcasting platforms. To check us out, head over to ShiningWizards.com where it's still wrestling talk and talk about wrestling. Are you tired of prediction shows? Do you want to fantasy book the companies? Does Bigfoot even really exist? If you answered yes to any of those questions, then check out the podcast that isn't a podcast. Every Tuesday and Thursday, the standing streamer stands and delivers as he and Vanessa talk about all that's going on in pro wrestling today. Plus, see in-depth conversations with people in and around the wrestling world as guests share their stories and insights about making it in the business. The Putting You Over Podcast. Putting your weeknights over every Tuesday and Thursday. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening and good night. My name is Thomas and what's your name? Uh, I'm Alan. Alan. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. We're brothers. That's right. Yeah, yeah the mother, same mother and father. Your room was... Oh, we shared a room. Shared a room. For we shared a room. Thought I knew your face. Yeah, we so go we... way back, mate. Yeah. yeah. We should do a podcast then. Uh, we have. We do. We do a podcast. We do a podcast. What's it called? The Brocast. Yeah, that was planned. Yeah, yeah. Well, what do we do? Well, we cover all different things in the world of pop culture. We're talking about comic books. We're talking about professional wrestling, and we're talking about movies. Go back and watch classic retro wrestling events, the likes of WWE, WCW, and if you do like that, you can check us out on Apple iTunes, also on Podbean, Anchor, and on Podknife. Also, check us out on Twitter at the Broadcast. That's B R O. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Ending. Yeah, it's all right. Good on you. Yeah. Instagram also at the Broadcast Podcast. Remember, we don't spell it with a C. We spell it with a K. Sorry, mate. Take it easy. Welcome to another episode of Headlines brought to you by the MLW Radio Network and the Front Row Material brand for Tuesday, August the 23rd, 2022. Headlines is your one-stop shop podcast to bring you all the late-breaking news in the world of professional wrestling, whether it's AEW, WWE, New Japan, Ring of Honor, Impact Wrestling, and so many more. We scour the wrestling websites to bring you the most comprehensive detail about everything that's happening in the world of professional wrestling, so you don't have to. Headlines is a daily podcast that's absolutely free of charge anywhere where fine podcasts are made available. With that being said, 
said, let's go ahead and let's jump right into the headlines. Making news right now, the betting odds have been released for CM Punk and John Moxley for their title match coming up on Dynamite. Eric Mutter's writing in at this hour, we're only one day away from AEW World Champion CM Punk and interim champion John Moxley colliding on AEW Dynamite to determine just who is the undisputed AEW World Champion. Many wrestling fans have their own opinions on who they feel is going to come out on top, but what are the betting odds makers saying right now? And if you thought the odds makers were going to miss this party, well, you're sorely mistaken. The betting odds for Punk Moxley's collision are available via betonline.com and they have some availabilities for the All Out. Right now, CM Punk is a heavy favorite to win the undisputed AEW World Championship. Now, if we're looking at betting odds as of they stand right now, Thunder Rosa is also a heavy favorite to go ahead and beat Tony Storm at All Out as well. Now, if you want to find out more about the betting odds, continue following Wrestling Inc. and follow Eric Mutter as he will have more information, but right now it looks like CM Punk is going to be cruising on to becoming the unified AEW World Champion. Sasha Banks is making news also at this hour. Danny Wolfenstein is writing in, on May 16th, Sasha Banks, along with her tag team partner Naomi, walked out of WWE due to creative issues with Vince McMahon. However, it appears that they both will be heading back to WWE soon. Well, yesterday, on the seven-year anniversary of the NXT TakeOver Brooklyn, Banks posted a carousel of images on her personal Instagram account from her time as NXT Women's Champion and her clash with Bayley that took place that night. Captioning the post, Banks wrote, Bear witness to my evolution. Happy anniversary to the greatest feeling. Now, the post itself drew a plethora of comments, including from former WWE superstar Leo Rush, who commented, what a moment. Bailey defeated Banks that night to win the gold, bringing the curtain down on their feud. Now, following the encounter, Banks celebrated with Bailey in the ring alongside Charlotte Flair and Becky Lynch. Now, the match would eventually be voted Match of the Year by NXT fans and win a win award. Bailey and Banks went on once again to go at it on NXT TakeOver, respectively, two months later in a 30 minute Iron Woman match for the NXT Women's Champion. Bailey would once again come out the victor. While Banks moved on to the main roster alongside Flair and Lynch, after stepping up from NXT, Banks went on to win the Raw Women's Championship five times and the SmackDown Women's Championship as well, becoming one of the most prolific women's champions of all time. For more information, on everything that's going on with Sasha Banks and this potential tease about her coming back to WWE. Continue following Danny Wilsonholm and he will have more information. Let's go and let's continue with Danny. He's talking about Johnny Gorgano. Johnny Gorgano made a surprise return to WWE last night on Raw and now have further details have emerged regarding his comeback. Now, according to PW Insider, the former NXT Triple Crown champion was hidden from everyone all day, a move typically used by companies when they really want to keep someone's appearance under wraps. Now, to make sure that Gorgano's secret wouldn't get out. WWE didn't add his name to the run sheet for last night's broadcast. It was said most people backstage weren't even aware that Gorgano was even in the building until he appeared in gorilla position prior to his making his way to the ring. Now, further void to avoid fans from spotting him at the arena itself, Gorgano was flown in by WWE on their corporate jet. Now, it was confirmed in the report that Gorgano's wife, Candice LeRae, unfortunately, she was not in attendance on last night. Now, another notable talking point coming out of Gorgano's appearance last night on Raw was the fact that he was able to keep his full wrestling name intact, suggesting there's been a change in direction when it comes to former independent wrestlers using their real names given as part of their gimmick. Now, such wrestlers often find themselves being changed or their name shortened to a previous name that was normally something that was issued by Vince McMahon. Gorgano's WWE contract expired in December of last year, and he has provided the opportunity to give a farewell speech on NXT before being tacked by Grayson Waller to write him off a of television. Now, earlier this year, Gorgano and Candice LeRae welcomed their son Quill to the world, which played 
played a key factor in Gorgano's decision not to renew his deal with the company at the time. Though, a report from Fightful Select stated that WWE maintained continued interest in re-signing Gorgano throughout his year of being in free agency. If you'd like to find out more about Johnny Gorgano and his triumphant return to WWE, continue following this breaking article over on Wrestling News. Let's go ahead and let's talk a little bit about Sasha Banks and Bailey again. Now, there was an Easter egg, whether or not you saw that, on Monday Night Raw. Ross Berman's writing in at this hour. Flair and Steamboat, Okada and Tanahashi, Bailey and Sasha Banks, some wrestlers are inexplicably linked to each other in some of the biggest rivalries. Now, Bailey took to Instagram to share a tribute to her friend and former tag team partner and longtime rival Sasha Banks, also highlighting a shout out that Bailey gave Banks in a recent match on WWE Raw. During Bailey's victory over Aaliyah this past Monday, Bailey tied the young superstar up in the ropes and drove her knees into her opponent's midsection, a signature move of Banks. Now, the video then shows Banks performing the same maneuver, followed by photos of the pair as they were both in NXT. For more information on this, continue following Ross Berman as he has more information on the impending return of Sasha Banks. Dakota Cohen's writing in at this hour, Bobby Fish addresses where the pro wrestling business really, unfortunately, gets dirty. Now, Bobby Fish has been in the professional wrestling business for nearly 20 years, debuting in 2003. During his long career, Fish has made his way all around the globe through many countries and organizations as he's seen the good, the bad, and seen the ugly as well. He would go on to say in a quote, this business gets really dirty, former NXT champion Bobby Fish said to the two-man power trip podcast. You got a lot of people who love to talk out of both sides of their mouth and a lot of people. Unfortunately, some of these people are in high-profile positions and they happen to have success wherever they go, but it doesn't change. They're always the same way. They're backstage politicking their butts off and they talk trash to people and get people fired up. It's just so sad and so dirty. Now, Fish has worked and won tag team championships in major organizations in his career. The most notable was his win for the IWGP Junior Tag Team Championships. He's won twice. He's won the Ring of Honor Tag Team Champions three times, and most recently he held the NXT Tag Team Champions twice, alongside his tag team partner Kyle O'Reilly. Now, Fish has also won singles gold, winning the Ring of Honor World Television Champion in 2016, after being released from WWE on August the 6th, following his four-plus years with the company. Fish had found a new home in AEW, debuting on October the 6th of 2020's edition of Dynamite, in a losing effort to Sammy Guevara. Fish is currently aligned with, once again, Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly. For more information on Bobby Fish and what he has to say about the dirtiness of the wrestling business and the unfortunate politicking, follow Dakota Cohen's article that is trending right now. Olivia Quinlan is writing in at this hour, backstage news on what USA officials have told talent about the upcoming WWE draft. Now, wrestling fans have been interested to see what's in store for WWE's draft, but it seems like their wishes may not be granted. FIFA Select is reporting at this hour that sources from the USA Network have told talent that the draft isn't slated to happen right after Clash the Castle, as was initially reported, but sometime after next year's WrestleMania. Talents were initially told that the draft was slated to take place the week after this upcoming event. However, several Raw talents were not booked for the September 9th edition of SmackDown, when the first night of the draft was expected to be held, meaning crossover of talent between the two brands would be unlikely. That draft has not been officially announced by WWE either, and there's been no confirmation of dates for the draft and when that will take place, as talents have not been told anything about what's happening in the last few weeks. The draft has been listed on the internal calendar for September, and there had also been discussions about being held this month, but following SummerSlam, 
things changed. It would also be noted that the dates for last year's draft were changed a few times also throughout the year before it happened. The WWE made its debut with the draft back in 2002, but it was discontinued in 2011. The company revived it in 2016 before reintroducing titles that were specific to just only certain brands. In the years following, the company held a draft every year, dubbing the Superstar Shakeup for a few years, including NXT as a third brand as well. Now, Clash of the Castle is scheduled to happen on September the 3rd at the Principality Stadium in Cardiff, Wales. For more information on all of this, continue following this very intriguing story right now that is written by Olivia Quinvalin. Continuing on with the news, Ross Berman is writing, interesting stat regarding the change Triple H has already made to WWE Creative. Ross Berman's writing in, WWE technically stopped being an acronym for World Wrestling Entertainment in 2011, but wrestling has apparently come back to WWE since Triple H has taken over head of creative. According to an analysis released by WrestleNomics, Brandon Thurston on both WWE Raw and WWE SmackDown have seen an increase in the amount of actual ring time per hour. Measured in minutes of wrestling per hour, the graphic shows that WWE programming has shifted dramatically in favor of more wrestling. In some instances, 10 to 15 minutes of wrestling more has been added to each hour of programming. Now, the current high mark right now for wrestling per hour, according to Thurston, was the August 1st episode of Raw, which saw 26 minutes of actual wrestling in that hour. Now, the show that aired the night after SummerSlam was notable for hosting two triple threat matches that saw AJ Styles and Tommaso Ciampa earn the right to face each other. Ciampa bested Styles to become the number one contender for the United States title. Thurston's graphic did not contain last night's Raw, however, the Wrestling Inc.'s own analysis of the match and durations, according to Cage Match, shows that the August 22nd episode featured more than 27 minutes of wrestling per hour. This is an increase. It also coincided with Raw's ratings being up as well. Now, Triple H took over creative control of the company at the end of July, when Vince McMahon retired from WWE amidst numerous investigations into his finances. Now, Levesque reportedly held a meeting with talent, and he said he would be taking a new approach to television programming. As McMahon's successor, he would like to go ahead and do things a little differently. Levesque also had part in reshaping the company by bringing back on-screen talent and backstage executives, while also handling the talent relations side of the business. For more information on this, continue following this trending article right now by Olivia Quinvalin over on Wrestling Inc. Continue following this article written by Ross Berman over on Wrestling Inc. Continuing with the headlines, Dominic D'Angelo is writing in at this hour, WWE Raw stays steady in viewership after Edge's return in Toronto. It seems like a lot of people witnessed the surprising return of Johnny Gorgano on Monday Night Raw. Now, as the program maintains its good viewership since Triple H took over. Now, he also is seeing a huge jump in the interest in the brand as well. WrestleNomics released a viewership information from that show. Now, Raw topped over 2 million viewers. That was a 1% uptick from the prior week. The key demographic saw a slightly bigger boost with the average audience of 717,000 in the demo of 18 to 49. That's 4% more than it was last week, and that ended up earning them a 0.55 in the 18 to 49. Now, when it comes to ratings, Raw continues to impress as it came in on number two for Cable's original primetime broadcast, and it ranked number three in overall TV last night with an 18 to 49 demographic as well. Now, looking back at a year ago today, Raw is actually slightly down. The 823-2021 episode of Raw actually did more than last night. It did 2,067,000, 3% more than Monday Night Raw this week. Now, the annual drop for key demographics was 
kind of dramatic, but it had a 0.64 one year ago in the 18 to 49. Yesterday was a 0.55. Now, Raw has continued to find success after Vince McMahon. Many fans were curious about what would happen, but it looks like it has rejuvenated the interest. Monday Night Raw from Toronto was highlighted by Johnny Gorgano in his confrontation with former friend Austin Theory, but also presented some more developments in the Dexter Loomis storyline involving Miz and AJ Styles. WWE Hall of Famer Trish Stratus kicked off the show with an in-ring segment involving Bayley's new faction, as well as Bianca Belair, Alexa Bliss, and Asuka. Another major highlight of the presentation of Kevin Owens, who showed up in his NXT era gear and had an extremely competitive match with Alpha Academy's Chad Gable. For more information on all of this, continue following the incredible article written by Dominic D'Angelo right now over on Wrestling Inc. As we've told you many times before, if you're enjoying this podcast, remember, it's a one-stop shop podcast that brings you all the information that's happening in the world of wrestling, and it's absolutely free of charge. The show drops on daily. Make sure you add that to your listening repertoire. Dakota Cohen's writing in at this hour. Conrad Thompson comments on his future plans with Jeff Jarrett. Now, Conrad Thompson, the son-in-law of Ric Flair, recently helped put together the second largest pay-per-view of an independent wrestling event in modern era. It was called Ric Flair's Last Match, which featured talent from various companies such as MLW, Impact, AEW. Now, Thompson has more business moving forward with the former six-time Intercontinental Champion and WWE Hall of Famer. Jarrett then assisting him just with his podcasts. We're about to jump on a plane to Chicago, Thompson said on My World with Jeff Jarrett. We got some meetings from all corners of the globe. I can't believe it's almost like a power broker summit, what we got lined up in Dallas. I think next week, towards the end of the week, Jarrett and I are going to Chicago for a few days early for some undisclosed reasons. And the following day, Monday, Jarrett is working on our video game thing. And Monday, wait, two weeks from now, we'll be both in Mexico. Notably, it's a bit unclear how serious Thompson is actually being with all of this travel and all of these alleged summit meetings. But he is hinting that there is some type of master plan. Now, Jarrett most recently wrestled on the show, put on by Thompson, teaming up with AEW star Jay Lethal to take on Flair and son-in-law Andrade El Idolo, who is married to his daughter, Charlotte Flair. In a tag team match, Flair and El Idolo walked away with victory in Flair locking in the figure four and winning. Now, if you would love to hear more about what's happening, continue to follow My World Podcast with Jeff Jarrett, continue following Conrad Thompson, and definitely continue following Dakota Cohen as she has more information on this trending article. Matthew Will. Wilkinson is trending at this hour. He's talking about Trish Stratus. Trish Stratus believes former rival would be and should be in the WWE Hall of Fame. While on the next level of WWE superstars, the WWE Hall of Famer says, what's going to happen for the next induction? Which legends deserve to be in there? Now, it's rife with opportunities for many people, but Trish Stratus has her own feelings. Typically, WWE inducts one female wrestler each year, with Queen Charmel taking the spot in 2022, but there are huge choices made for this year. When Trish Stratus was asked who should be next, she pointed out that Jazz got her last match, but then turned her attention to a different star from the Attitude Era, Victoria. Let's just get her in the Hall of Fame, she told Ring the Bell. Can we work on that? Please, people. She needs to be in there. Hashtag Victoria Hall of Fame. Let's do it. Victoria had her own last match back in 2019 when she competed against Melina Perez for more wrestling. She briefly stepped out of retirement in 2021 to compete in the Women's Royal Rumble match that year. While former WWE superstar hasn't wrestled since, she's recently admitted to being open for one more run if the right storyline came her way. Now, Victoria worked in WWE from 
2001 to 2009, debuting as a part of Stratus as herself with a feud. She'd go on to hold the WWE Women's Championship twice while being part of a historic moments such as the first ever women's steel cage match against Lita. Now after leaving the company she competed as Tara in TNA Wrestling now known as Impact where she enjoyed reigns as both TNA Knockouts Champion and TNA Knockouts Tag Team Champion. For more information on all of this and what Trish Stratus thinks continue following Matthew Wilkinson and more information on getting Tara into the Hall of Fame. Brian Hogland is writing in at this hour what these famous 90s wrestlers are doing today. Now, many of us grew up watching these wrestlers. Some, we've learned, have turned to become coaches. Some have seminars that they do, and some actually have opened up schools. But what about the rest of them? The 1990s was, once again, one of the hottest times in the wrestling era. There were sellout crowds and larger-than-life characters in World Championship Wrestling, in the Extreme Championship Wrestling, and the formerly known World Wrestling Federation. Now, the 90s brought out a whole new concept of wrestling between the companies. It fueled something called the Monday Night Wars, which ratings could not have been higher. Eventually, it forced WWE to become more edgy, and it gave birth to the Attitude Era. That saw The Undertaker and Stone Cold and Edge and Christian and the Hardy Boys and so many more people rise to stardom. Now, since the 90s, wrestling superstars are currently sometimes still in the ring, but what they do is not necessarily always competing anymore. Some are actually doing real-life jobs outside of the wrestling world. For example, Rick Steiner. He has now become a real estate agent. Rick Steiner is most famously known for being the barking brother of Scott Steiner as they wrestled as the Steiner brothers in the 1990s. Rick Steiner and Scott Steiner were tag team champions and decorated in many promotions, such as World Championship Wrestling, a brief stint in Extreme Championship Wrestling, and even over in New Japan. Now, despite being seen in NXT 2.0 to help the storyline with his son, Braun Breaker, Rick Steiner no longer competes in the ring. Steiner received his real estate license in 1995, along with the big boss man, Kurt Henning and Rick Rude. He's been buying and selling properties properties ever since. According to an interview with Slam Wrestling, Rick Steiner also felt he had to give back to his community, which he'd lived in for the last 25 years. This led Rick Steiner to join the Cherokee Community School District Board of Education, where he has held a seat for over a decade. Let's turn our attention to Val Venus, the man who's most eloquently would tell the wrestling fans, hello ladies. Nothing quite seems to sum up the Attitude Era like Val Venus, who most was recently known in the 1990s as wrapping a towel around his waist and performing gyrations for the women in the audience. In addition to that, he had theme music introduction that had tons of sexual innuendos, which was leaving very little to the imagination. But what is he doing these days? Well, he's working as a marijuana owner. Now, working in the industry right now has taken all of his time up. After semi-retiring in 2009, yet he still takes independent bookings, Val Venus became a vocal advocate for marijuana. In 2008, he had shoulder surgery, where he was prescribed prescription drugs to help ease the pain. Venus told an interviewer that smoking marijuana was the only thing that helped him with the pain, and he stopped using prescription drugs altogether. Due to this realization, in 2014, he opened his own medical marijuana business called Purple Haze. He hopes that his business adventure is to teach people the benefits of medical marijuana and how to get them through life. Let's turn our attentions to Molly Holly. Many people remember Molly Holly for her successful runs, not in WWE, but also in WCW as well. She portrayed not only a hard-hitting woman in the ring, but also a superhero. But what is she doing these days? Well, Molly Holly 
Holly is now a wrestling trainer. Molly Holly's career took place at a time when women's wrestling is nothing like is today. However, Holly is a trailblazer in the women's division with her Mighty Molly character, and she showed fans a tougher side of women's wrestling. Shortly after 2005 and her retirement, Molly Holly became a counselor for drug-addicted teens who she met through her husband. Now, like many former wrestlers who hung up their boots, that wrestling itch came back to her several years later as she was a counselor. Molly Holly had to satisfy that itch one more time. She decided to go back as a wrestling trainer. According to Last Word on Sports, she is currently a trainer at the Academy, a professional wrestling school with Ken Anderson, formerly known as Mr. Kennedy, and also Sean Devari. You know, nothing says 90s wrestling like the Mean Street Posse. The Mean Street Posse, which was led by Shane McMahon, had so many different characters, but one was Pete Gass. What is Pete Gass doing now? Well, he's a WB Mason salesman. Pete Gass' real name is Pete Gastaparnio. He's best known to being a part of the Mean Street Posse. As a crazy story, he entered the wrestling business in 1999. Gas was on the Greenwich High School football team with Shane McMahon, so it just happened to make sense that they would join forces again when Shane would pop back up in the WWE. Shane and Pete, along with their other friend who would play backup to them at WrestleMania against Xbox, Pete Gass was 29 at the time, and he had a great opportunity. In an interview with Greenwich Times, he also talked about his experience, and he said this, They literally took two guys from Greenwich, who were Shane's buddies, who had no experience at all, and put them in the ring with the best in the business. Now, the rest is history. The moment launched his career for three years as part of the Mean Street Posse. Pete Gass semi-retired in 2001, but technically had one more match in 2003. However, after that match was done for good, and instead of pursuing a career, he actually went in to be a WB Mason paper company as a salesman. He worked at WB Mason since 2003 and says he loves watching wrestling and attending live events whenever he can. Let's turn our attention to somebody who's a little more extreme. The man who spent most of his times in a very dingy ECW arena is now doing something different. Al Snow is once again a wrestling trainer. Al Snow rose the ranks in the late 1990s by making friends with insane objects and wrestling wacky hardcore matches with ECW and in the WWF. Now, Snow's most infamous look involves him carrying a mannequin he called Head, and it always had the word help written on his forehead, which was smudged because it was written with a sharpie, giving Al Snow a unique and somewhat mentally unstable look to his character. Snow was able to capture many championships across numerous wrestling promotions, notably winning the WWF Hardcore Championship six times. Now, though Al Snow was always a mid-car wrestler throughout his career, he always had steady and reliable work. Since leaving the ring in 2008, Snow has passed on his skills by opening the Al Snow Academy and purchasing WWE's former developmental territory, Ohio Valley Wrestling. Now it's known as Al Snow Academy. With the combination of his wrestling academy, Snow continues to train aspiring wrestlers. Despite already having a lot on his plate, he also created a clothing line for wrestlers called Collar and Elbow where wrestling fans can purchase unique merchandise that you really can't find anywhere else. Speaking of the Attitude Era, let's talk about someone who definitely was out there. His name was Midian. Now, what is Midian doing now? He's a chef. Now, Dennis Knight, better known to fans as Midian, went through a drastic character change in his career. In the mid-1990s, they remember him as being Farmer Phineas I. Godwin also known as Pig, along with his tag team partner, Henry O. Godwin, also known as Hog. The Godwins secured two WWF Tag Team Championship reigns in the late 1990s when WWF was looking to create more grounded characters, things that become a little bit more edgier. Well, this is allowed Knight's persona to come out. He became Midian, 
a gloomer character featured in The Undertaker's Ministry of Darkness. After the two major character changes, Dennis Knight decided to change his career as drastically as he did with his characters in WWF. Knight discovered he had a passion for cooking. According to WWE.com, Dennis Knight turned his passion into a career by becoming a chef at Cafe Ponte and later at the Sand Pearl Resort in Clearwater Beach, Florida. After getting his feet wet in the cooking business, Dennis Knight started his own catering company called Dennis Knight Catering, and he continues to fuel his passion today by entering cooking competitions also on the side. Let's go ahead and let's talk about somebody who might have been small but was still very mighty. Spike Dudley. He warmed the hearts of many wrestling fans, whether it was in ECW or WWE. One part of the Dudley boys was somebody who was known to being able to take a thrashing in the ring but continued to come back for more. So what's Spike Dudley doing these days? Well, he's a financial advisor. Extreme Championship Wrestling rose to fame with many different reasons, but one major reason was the Dudley boys. The tag team known as the Colorful Language Crew and their promos putting people through tables and lighting things on fire. Bubba Ray Dudley and Devon Dudley were the two main Dudley boys, but Spike played a massive role as part of that triple threat. Spike was the little brother, not in age, but in stature. Spike Dudley was often in the sacrificial lamb for the team when people would take on the Dudley boys and put him through a table. He would hit some of the most insane chair shots of all time, which made the crowd gasp. I can be said that Spike Dudley took more chair shots and more brutal beatings to his body than most people in the wrestling world, and he definitely had a very interesting career before becoming a financial advisor. In 2005, Spike Dudley was released from WWE, and that devastated him. Shortly after his release, he found work at Mass Mutual, helping people budget for college, taxes, retirement, and more financial scenarios. Now, Spike Dudley commented on his career switch in an interview with WWE.com, saying, I'm helping people live a better life and take care of their family. It's beyond rewarding. Maybe one day Spike Dudley can make a small wrestling company similar to ECW and budget all of the broken tables that I will need in the future. Let's go ahead and let's talk about somebody from across the pond. This superstar ruled in WCW in the 90s with his leather jacket and his very interesting style of dance. It was Das Wunderkind Alex Wright. But what's Alex Wright doing these days? Well, he's still hanging around the wrestling business. He also is a wrestling trainer. Alex Wright would find his stride in WCW in the late 1990s by dancing his way to the ring with his leather jacket. However, he was always slightly out of step when it came to progressing in his career. As a mid-carder in WCW, Wright managed to win himself a WCW TV Championship, Cruiserweight, and Tag Team Championship during his time with the company. Now, when World Championship Wrestling went out of business in 2001, Alex Wright found himself at a crossroads and decided to take a break from wrestling altogether. After a much-needed break, Wright started his own wrestling school known as The Right Stuff. Now, the wrestling school specializes in training European wrestlers with a specific focus on German wrestling. After opening The Right Stuff, he started his own company known as the New European Championship Wrestling. Now, the NECW promotes the talent trained by The Right Stuff, and alongside Alex Wright, the combination is helping expand wrestling in Germany. Let's talk about someone who revolutionized women's wrestling in the 90s. She was known as Alundra Blaze, but then she was known as Medusa as well. She also was known as being the woman who dropped the WWF Women's Championship in a garbage can on Monday Nitro. Her name is Medusa. But what is she doing these days? Well, she's a personal trainer. The history of women's wrestling cannot be told in full without the mention of Deborah Maselli, better known as Medusa or Alundra Blaze. Now, Maselli started out as Alundra Blaze in the WWF in the mid-1990s. Her character was trailblazing as she stopped at nothing for her pursuit of the gold. Unfortunately, at this time, the WWF did not really have a women's division, which left Blaze on an island on her own. The most infamous part of her career was when she held the WWF Women's Championship in 95. Blaze was featured with WWF women's wrestlers, such as Bull Nakano as well. 
but when wrestling started to die down in the mid to late 90s, she decided to jump to WCW, the competitor. Now, she showed up as a new character, Medusa, and she would end up dropping the WWF Women's Championship into a garbage can on live TV. Now, this launched Medusa's career into full swing, and it got her blacklisted from WWE for a long time, according to Ring the Damn Bell. Nacelli left wrestling in 2001 after WCW closed its doors, and she pursued a career in monster truck driving, where she drove a monster truck happily named Medusa. After her monster truck career had ended, she started her own fitness program called Feminine Intelligent, and tough FIT. Maselli runs the FIT program today where she helps women choose a healthier mindset and lifestyle on their way to achieving their life goals. Let's talk about a man who did a lot of things in WCW. He did a lot of things in the hardcore division and he always made sure he was prepared with his perfect ring attire. That was Norman Smiley. But what's Norman Smiley doing these days? Well, he's with NXT. Norman Smiley made his way through the wrestling ranks in the 90s, jumping between promotions all around the world before landing himself in ECW and then notably in WCW in the late 90s. Smiley was also known for his, no pun intended, happy-go-lucky character that would bust out a dance called the Big Wiggle. Now, despite largely being an enhancement talent at times, fans took to Smiley. Norman found himself as a niche technical wrestler and an over-the-top entertainer. In an interview with WWE.com, William Regal said he was a technical wrestler who found out that you're far better off being an entertainer in this business. Now, after his wrestling career ended, he came and became a trainer at NXT. Norman Smiley has helped develop and train some of the biggest talents in the developmental brands, but some of his most notable talent are Kofi Kingston and Drew McIntyre. Ivory, she's had a great career in the women's world of wrestling and in the WWE. Her time as Ivory and in the right to censor, she made a lot of fans angry and upset with her actions and her remarks, but what is the woman wrestler doing now these days? Well, she's an animal care worker. Ivory is another women's wrestler that cannot be discussed talking about the late 90s without mentioning her as well. She did so many different things in women's wrestling and was outspoken as well. Instead of just going ahead and leaving the limelight, she decided to give back as well. She worked for Best Friends Animal Society in Utah, according to San Juan Update. It's a no-kill volunteer shelter with over 150 cats and dogs. While volunteer for Best Friends Animal Society, Ivor found her next passion outside of the ring, which was caring for animals. This led her to Downtown Dog in 2007, located in Friday Harbor on San Juan Island, Washington. Since opening Downtown Dog, Ivory has expanded her business, including purchasing a bus called the Bow Wow Bus, and she drives her furry friends around town for people to meet them and potentially adopt them. What is going on with the man called Johnny B. Bad? Johnny B. Bad in WCW made so many people laugh and smile as well as he had his Little Richard impersonation going, but then he switched over to the WWE and became Mark Marrow. But what is he doing now? The two-step? Is he giving the bad blaster? No. Mark Marrow is now a motivational speaker. Mark Marrow is the wrestler from the 90s that so many people loved to watch. He was Johnny B. Bad. Vince McMahon affectionately said he would have loved to have had the Johnny B. Bad character in WWF at the time. But after the early 2000s, Marrow lost a lot of family, including his brother. It made him fall into a depression. In 2003, Marrow contemplated suicide until he realized he had a choice to be happy. He chose happiness. Now, this traumatic experience caused Mark Marrow to retire from wrestling in 2006 to pursue a career in motivational speaking. His speeches are supported and they reach so many people, especially the young audiences. But his main goal is to educate teens about the dangers of drugs and alcohol, along with feelings of depression. Mark often pulls from real 
real-life experiences related with drugs and alcohol and depression, and how his career had struck a chord with the audience. Wrestling fans know him as Mark Marrow and Johnny B. Bad, but you know what? This is what many people are getting to know him for now. His kindness, his generosity, and his dedication to a younger audience. Let's talk about the man of a thousand holds. He was known as one of the most technical wrestlers in the 90s. He put on some of the most greatest matches with Eddie Guerrero. He put on matches with Rey Mysterio and so many more. It is Dean Malenko. But what's Dean doing now? He is AEW's senior producer and head coach. Dean Malenko, known in the wrestling business as a man of a thousand holds, was a unique technical wrestler during his time in the mid-90s. Wrestling fans are most familiar with Malenko for his technical masterpieces with Chris Jericho, Rey Mysterio, Eddie Guerrero, and so many more. Malenko was tapping out opponents in submissions before anybody else knew what really tapping out meant. He was so good, but unfortunately, he had to hang up his boots. In 2001, Malenko became a road agent with WWE and had a great time working relationship for years with WWE. This is via Sports Illustrated. But in 2019, All Elite Wrestling announced that they had hired Malenko as a backstage producer and coach. When he joined AEW, Malenko mentioned in a press release via eWrestling that it's a rare opportunity to be able to build something from the ground up this late in his career, but he was up for the challenge. Malenko also helps produce AEW Dynamite, along with the AEW pay-per-views. If you'd like to find out more about where they are now in the world of professional wrestling, continue following Wrestling Inc. as there's more information and more in-depth information about all these stars and where they are now. Let's go ahead and let's continue with the headlines. The Undertaker is making news at this hour. Matthew Wilkinson is writing in, update on The Undertaker's One Dead Men show that is going to be happening in Cardiff, Wales. Now with the build towards WWE's Clash at the Castle continuing to now ramp up, festivities surrounding the event are following as well, with WWE announcing on Twitter that The Undertaker's One Man Show now has a second date. Second show added, the WWE announced to, via its Twitter account due to unprecedented demand a second undertaker one dead man show has been added at 2 30 p.m on friday september 2nd at the new theater cardiff in cardiff wales ahead of clash of the castle now the undertaker was already scheduled to do a performance ahead of the premium live event but the first one sold out wwe apparently felt that a second one was necessary both shows will take place just one day before wwe's big stadium show in the United Kingdom, the first time the company's been there in over 30 years. Now, the last time the WWE was over in Europe was in 1992's SummerSlam event, which is where they held the stadium show. Now, those in attendance will be able to hear from the Phenom in an intimate setting where he shares stories and experiences from his illustrious career. Undertaker's Dead Man show may be making its debut, just not just for this time, but it may be continuing as well. WWE has intentions of potentially continuing this depending on how things go. WWE's pushing Clash at the Castle as a major pay-per-view booking event so many people are going to want to buy. It was also recently announced this week that WWE Superstore is being created, a superstore in Cardiff, Wales, for fans purchasing merchandise surrounding the big event. WWE also recently opened up more seating inside the Principality Stadium that originally was thought to be sold out. Five matches are currently announced for the show, including the main event, which will see Drew McIntyre challenge Roman Reigns for the undisputed WWE Universal Championship. For more information on this, continue following Wrestling Inc. and Matthew Wilkinson, as he will have more information on everything that's happening with the dead man. Ross Berman is writing in at this hour, Jake Roberts contemplates how a potential mind games battle against Bray Wyatt and Raven would have played out. Now, many people know 
Bray Wyatt and Raven are two of the most maniacal thinking wrestlers in the history of wrestling. Their characters are synonymous not only with things that go bump in the night, but things that kind of send a chill up your spine. Jake Roberts has no doubt about his mental faculties, but he was quick to comment on what it would be like. On his most recent episode of DDP Snake Pit, Roberts took to a Q&A session and asked who would win in the battle of the minds between himself, former ECW champion Raven, and former WWE champion The Fiend Bray Wyatt. And Roberts didn't hesitate. I would. No question, Roberts said confidently. Here's the thing, man. I've been on the road since eternity, since they invented water. I was there when it happened. I got a lot of ammunition that you've never seen. And now I can remember all of it because I'm sober. Roberts has maintained his sobriety since 2012, thanks to help from his friend and co-host at DDP. You couldn't beat a messed up Jake. You're going to try to come at me now that I'm sober, he said. Now, while Jake thinks he could have beaten the other two men soundly, Roberts also called Bray Wyatt and Raven great guys and said the three could have had maximum responses from fans if there was a trio. He also says they could get the maximum response out of fans without even having any physicality. This is what he said. We would have rocked the world, brother. They would have had to lock us up. Just look at everybody else. That's all we'd have to do. Like Roberts, Raven is also in the podcasting game. He has the Raven effect. While Bray Wyatt has been conspicuous by his absence in the wrestling world. Released from WWE in July, Wyatt has been cryptic on social media while seemingly maintaining his distance from the business. Now, despite the speculation that's been running rampant about Wyatt's potential return to wrestling, specifically WWE, now that Triple H is in charge, people still haven't heard from him and they're wondering when they may. For more information on all of this, continue following Wrestling Inc. And more information on this will be coming. Dominic D'Angelo is writing in this hour, Bruce Pritchard dispels WWE NXT rumor. Now, outside of Vince McMahon, Bruce Pritchard is in a class of his own when it comes to WWE creative. He's been involved in eras since the dawn of WrestleMania, including the modern one. Now, there was some chatter that Pritchard and McMahon had fully taken control of creative in NXT following Triple H's medical leave. But Shawn Michaels recently dispelled that speculation. Now, on the latest of Something to Wrestle With, Bruce Pritchard also addressed those rumors. And here's what he had to say. It's something that people, even internally, would come up to me and make comments about. Pritchard said, I never said a word. You know why I never did, Conrad? I never would say one thing. I never wrote one NXT show in the history of my existence. I'm a fan of NXT. I love NXT, Pritchard said. But you know what? I was brought back in 2020 during the global pandemic to help McMahon helm at the create of WWE and WWE SmackDown and Raw. He briefly stepped in as interim head of talent relations when John Laurinaitis was removed. But many believed it was Pritchard and McMahon's hands making the moves on the black and gold brand when it turned into NXT 2.0. But Pritchard would go on to say, The fact of the matter is, if they were 100%, they're all lies. They're fabricated, Pritchard said, referring to the dirt sheets. From where I'm sitting right now, I've never heard anything. It's completely different than from all those sources are reporting. They actually should know what they're saying before they say it. Those who want my head, those who want my head, he said, man, I know there are out there, but I love what I do. I love where I'm at, and I'm going to do what I got to do to get them over, man. And once again, I had nothing to do with NXT 2.0. With more information on the big rumors around Bruce Pritchard and what many believed was the creation of Pritchard and McMahon, continue following Wrestling Inc. and more information is forthcoming. Dakota Cohen's writing in at this hour. Mojo Rawley discusses his relationship with AEW and potentially a return to WWE. Now, Mojo Rawley was released by WWE in 2020 and he hasn't been seen in a ring since. Since he started his wrestling talent agency, 
there's still speculation on whether or not he'll end up in another promotion, maybe AEW. In a quote, he said this, I actually haven't spoken to anyone with Tony Khan at all, he said in an exclusive interview. We do represent some AEW talent, and mission number one is to get them put in a position where they're going to be in a good place. Now, we've had plenty of conversations with the teams at AEW. We're familiar with what they have going on. Now, prior to his release in April of 2021, he had spent over 10 years with WWE, dating back to his time in NXT during his initial run. He obviously had teaming up with Matt Cardona, also known as Zack Ryder in WWE. He won the 24-7 championship on seven occasions and won the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal in 2017. But now with Triple H as head of talent relations, we're seeing a potential return of former NXT stars such as Dakota Kai, Karrion Cross, Dexter Loomis, Hit Row, and most recently Johnny Gorgano. So is there a chance we could see Mojo Rawley again? This is what he said. If I was ever to go back, it is far less about coming up with a financial amount, he said. From where I am in my career right now, that's pretty much down the line. I've always thought if I would go back to pro wrestling, whether that be WWE or somewhere else, I could be me. I always thought of being me was enough as a selling point. Enough of gimmicks or personas. I could be a main event guy. With more information on what would happen with Mojo Raleigh continue following, Wrestling Inc. and more information will be forthcoming. Dakota Cohen's also writing into this hour about Diamond Dallas Page. DDP says it doesn't make sense while recently re-signed WWE talent isn't on top right now. Now, WWE has released many talent in the past few years that have left fans scratching their heads, with one of them being former NXT champion Karrion Cross. I was just with Karrion Cross, WWE Hall of Famer DDP said on the DDP Snake Pit. Here is this ridiculously good-looking son of a bitch, you know? He's jacked. He's six foot four or five, I think, you know? We're talking about a guy who literally has it all. I go, it doesn't make sense that you're not in one of those companies and you're on top, you know? It doesn't make sense. Your time is coming and you just have to stay positive, bro. And then boom, he freaking does the run-in on Drew McIntyre on SmackDown. He was demoted in NXT and he did not find any luck on the main roster as he lost to Jeff Hardy on Monday Night Raw in his debut match in less than two minutes. That was not ideal for his character and definitely not how he wanted to start out on the main roster. Cross eventually picked up a win against Hardy and a couple of more wins before changes were made to his character and costume. Cross wouldn't last six months on the main roster as he was cut on November 4th of 2021. With more information on Karrion Cross and where he will eventually be in the world of WWE now that he's returned, continue following Wrestling Inc. and more information is going to be following. Dakota Cohen's writing in at this hour, Billy Corgan on how he thinks Triple H taking over will change the AEW WWE dynamic. Now with Vince McMahon being gone, Triple H is now the head of WWE, a position that he's familiar with in NXT during the black and gold days. Now as the main creative force behind NXT, Paul Levesque received critical acclaim for putting on compelling matches and storylines, and one fellow promoter is intrigued by the new developments. This is what Billy Corgan had to say. I'm looking forward to seeing what he does, NWA owner Billy Corgan said during an appearance on Insight with Chris Van Vliet. I think we all know in about 18 to 24 months what the real vision of Triple H and the differences in the product he will bring. But then again, I'm just speculating. I don't know how AEW has gone out of their way to sort of pick fights with WWE. And why would they? I just, I don't understand. Because WWE will never respond. I don't necessarily think that it's going to continue, especially under Triple H. Now, since the company began, AEW has taken multiple shots at WWE, including making fun of WWE taking their wrestlers' ability away of working for third parties during COVID-19. 
Now, there's so many things that WWE is doing that it irritated in some people's eyes, and Cody Rhodes decided to leave AEW as well. Now, the exact reasons why Cody Rhodes decided to leave have been dis not disclosed, as both parties have decided to keep it private. For more information on everything going on here with Billy Corgan, continue to follow Wrestling Inc. and more information will be forthcoming. That's going to do it for the headlines today for Tuesday, August the 23rd, 2022. Remember, Headlines is your one-stop shop podcast that brings you all the late-breaking information in the world of wrestling. We bring you all the in-depth stories from the greatest writers in the wrestling world. We want to give you an in-depth idea of what's happening, so when you're busy in your day, you could pop on the podcast, listen to it, and feel like you're all caught up. The podcast is a daily dose of wrestling information, and it's absolutely free of charge anywhere you find fine podcasts. With that being said, my name is Mike Freeland, and I hope to catch you on the next episode of Headlines. My name is Mike Freeland, and if you're looking for an exciting wrestling podcast to add to your library, then look no further than the Front Row Material brand. Each and every week I sit down with some of the most exciting superstars in the world of wrestling, from upcoming stars in the indies to dedicated veterans of the squared circle. I also host a daily podcast called Headlines, which gives you the updated information on all your favorite superstars in all your favorite promotions, giving you not only the backstage look, but also what are the industry experts saying about things. And finally, join myself and my my executive producer, The Rit, where we talk about everything in the world of professional wrestling all across the landscape, from storylines to interviews to what's happening and what we think is going to be happening the next time you turn on your TV. Don't miss it. It's the Front Row Material brand brought to you by the MLW Radio Network. The world of MLW Radio never stops.